everyone. Welcome to This Is Whole Life. Merry Christmas. And probably at least two years ago, maybe three, I would have said Merry Christmas and Bah Humbug. And actually, I'm pretty sure I said it on this very show. Oh. Yeah. I, long What's time, wrong with you? Who, I know. Long time no Christmas. Who rained just, on your Christmas. Yeah, yeah. It was a long, long time ago. It just was like, that's it. I'm done with Christmas. No more Christmas. Even when the kids were little, I was like, nah, Christmas, whatever. It's fun to watch them open gifts, but you don't have to get me anything. Yeah. And uh, I changed so that's my... all changed now. You want everybody to get you stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah. I, want... I got gotcha. you. Well, you know. I'm following you. You can, uh, you know, if, if you need some hints, uh, just text 407 <laughs> I'll send you a couple hints. Got you a have couple a wish days. list somewhere, huh? <laughs> I do. All right. Actually, I think my Amazon wish list is public as well as my podcast okay. want list. I'm pretty sure those go. are public. So, All right. You know, so if anybody wants, you know, to yeah. make Randy's podcast dreams come true. That's right. It's only Wednesday. I mean, you got tomorrow. Yeah. After, and today and, when you hear it. Well, you ha- and Friday, really, honestly. That's true. Come on. It's Christmas Eve. There's, trust me, <laughs> there's people. working in retail, I can promise you there are people out shopping till the, clo- <laughs> till the, till the shops close. Jingle all the way. Yeah. But this year... Man, I've been in the Christmas spirit. And if, great. and if you watched, even if you just watched the message and the program this past week, church, as it were, what an amazing, we had music. So like Tammy, the AV team, Abel, Richard, Wyclef, like everybody involved. Uh, I forgot who was uh, leading out with the, the violin. Oh, my goodness. That yeah. was it's just ridiculous how good and how much talent was there just praising God in, in, in music this week? I was, it was uh, incredible. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was amazing. And I was not there. <laughs> yep, Randy, you missed oh, it. We're uh, we're we're uh, we're gonna have to talk about that more later. But I guess I guess everybody deserves a little vacation here and there. I guess. I guess you know. And the funny thing was, we ended up at the National Cemetery in Beaufort. <laughs> well, that's much better time. <laughs> yeah, putting wreaths, which I didn't realize was a, th- a thing, putting wreaths on the graves of all the people interned there, which is about wow. nineteen thousand. Wow. From Civil War all the way until Af- the Afghanistan conflict. So you put 19,000 wreaths down last bus? Not personally. Uh, I put. I think I put two down. Two. And, and the girls put a couple more and we okay. helped clean up a little bit. But nice. a pretty cool idea. That's a that, good thing, yeah. Yeah. And it was um, – we were visiting family and their military. And so this was something that uh, they had a really nice program and – you know, clean up the the tombstones a little bit and, and put this down. It was, and it just made me think of when you said, after I was watching the message, and you said, Jesus has gifted you with peace. And I'm thinking, I think we know that mm-hmm. to a certain degree. But how many people there at the that were there that day or that maybe were thinking about loved ones past or trying to find peace with whatever's going on in their life, how many people – Really know it and then live it. So I think you can you can think it. Like I think that's true and I think I've seen that in my life and I think I believe it to be true. But sometimes it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. How do we tell someone that goes, you Christians, Jesus gives you peace, huh? Yeah. Don't see it. I yeah. see a lot of angry people. I see a lot yeah. of people with lives that just look – no chaotic. better than mine. Sure. Right? Yeah, chaotic. How do we explain that to somebody if they've never felt it before? Yeah. Because I find it hard to – when you tell people that, they go, I don't see it. 
Yeah. Or I just don't, I don't understand it. Tell me. <laughs> I'm like, um. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, peace is one of those gifts, and not everybody chooses to unwrap the gift. That's a tough one. The gift is yours, but. Well, okay. Well, but how do you, how do you unwrap something that you don't understand? Um, I mean, if you give me a box and it has paper on it, I know what to do with it. Right. But if peace comes as something that maybe I've never really seen or experienced before, how do I get to that point? Do I how do how do I unwrap this gift if I just if, like my life is so far and maybe for a long time in a way that you wouldn't feel it. What does that look like to someone? Yeah, I don't think it's like three three easy steps. I don't think no. it's like, well, we can sit here and just go ahead and give you the combination that's going to unlock it for you. I think that for most of us what it means is, well, the Bible says in Ephesians that Jesus is our peace, that he is our peace. And so what that really does is um, my brother and I were talking about this this week, and my brother said, you know, I've quit believing that peace is— Something that I can grasp, I've started believing that per- that peace is a person, and that it's Jesus. And so either I have Jesus or I don't have Jesus, and then he is my peace. And so I think a little bit of that just comes back down to understanding that Jesus has given us peace with God. And what that means is we don't have to live in fear, we don't have to—that God is for us, he's not against us, and we can and we can have that kind of peace in our life. But yes, you're right, there are a lot of people who on, take on the name of Jesus that don't live lives that look particularly peaceful— and and then perhaps are not peaceful. But then there's a lot of people who, as I mentioned in my sermon, peace isn't the lack of, of chaos in our life. It's not the lack of, of hurt, pain, even anger. But what it is is it's a an abiding trust in the person who's in charge of our lives, who's taking care of us. And and so that's the question is 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 that something you've been able to unlock? And if and if you want to unlock it, you've got to spend time with the person who is peace. Mm. I'm glad you said that because as you were kind of naming off some of those things that people may have in their lives mm-hmm. that aren't – that maybe all equal peace to some degree and maybe it's a little bit different for each person what brings them peace. And I mean how much do I need of conflict resolution? How much do I need of Jesus helping me with this or that or all of our struggles are a little different? But in the end, I feel like that how we – or how I know personally – is that the more I'm talking to Jesus, the more I'm reading my Bible, the more I'm, I don't know, maybe my thoughts are just reaching out more and I'm thinking about it and going, how could I give this to God? And how could, how is he, I mean, and I always say like, how's he going to fix it? Like he's a cosmic Santa Claus, which he's not, but he can, right? I mean, he can do yeah. he can do whatever he wants. He can fix anything. But as over time, those things get better and better. And then you find that your stress level on things that used to just, envelop you is like, oh, I guess I don't really worry about that as much as I used to, do I? And man, I haven't really thought about X, Y, or Z for a while. Maybe things are getting a little bit better. Maybe peace and maybe peace will never be or maybe I'm I'll ask you, can peace be complete while we're here on earth? Living in the time we live, in the society that we live, the world we live can we have complete peace or is it just we, we're constantly working with God and he's working through us to make that a reality? Well, uh, Jesus did say, my peace I live, leave with you. So it, okay. it seems to be something that, that we can have in the here and the now. At the same time, I think that there, you know, I used a little bit of this illustration in my sermon, but there's, and Jesus is out on the lake with his disciples and the, <laughs> you know, the yeah. wind and waves are going crazy and it's a terrible storm and, 
the disciples are pretty sure they're going to die, and you know they wake Jesus up and say, "What are you going to do about this?" And Jesus says, oh, "Where's your faith?" And then he stands <laughs> up and rebukes the wind and waves and said, "Peace be still." And they, and immediately everything is calm. And I think sometimes that's what we want in our lives. We want uh, we have chaos, we have pain, we have hurt, we have all the things that are going wrong. And we want uh, Jesus to stand up and say, peace, be still. We want the calm lake. We we want it to be done right away. And I think that Jesus does do that sometimes. I think that Jesus does stand up in the boat and say, peace, be still, and, and, and calms the waves. But uh, as uh, I think as Stephen Curtis Chapman says, sometimes he calms the storm, but sometimes he calms his child mm. um, in one of his songs. And so sometimes um, it's not the storm that Jesus takes away, it's it's the, our reaction to the storm, and hmm. um, it, it, when we ask him to do it. And sometimes it isn't something that happens just immediately. So for those of you out there who have prayed and asked God to you know, give you peace in your life, and you've asked God to stand up and to calm the storm, and the storm's still going, not only is the storm going outside, it's going on inside your heart as well, and you've asked God to calm one of them, but neither one of them seems calm. Just remember Job mm. and it says Job never sinned by blaming God. At the same time, it's pretty evident when you read his speeches how hurt and broken he feels. And it doesn't sound like—it says that he'll trust God no matter what during all that, but it also sounds like somebody who's going through a lot of hurt and pain, and it doesn't particularly sound peaceful, and God doesn't take it away right away. Yeah. And our, his fortunes are one day restored, but I mean, he goes through a lot before that happens. And so if you're one of those people that has asked God to take the storm away, that you've been praying for peace, you've been praying for peace in your life or peace around you, uh, don't give up if God doesn't just do it, just wave his hand, <laughs> snap his fingers, and and, and think, yeah. well, God isn't listening to me. Um, sometimes there's lessons to be learned in those storms. Sometimes there's lessons about our own hearts that we have to learn. And so don't become discouraged. Don't think that God's forgotten about you, that he's not in the boat with you. He's in the boat. He's right there with you. But just like those disciples, there was a long time in that storm where they where they thought Jesus was well. Jesus was asleep. Sleep, yeah, <laughs> like and, he doesn't. Um, he doesn't know. Yeah. So you know, my my encouragement to people is don't give up if you yeah. if you're asking for peace, and that's one of the things I just do. I think it's one of those things we ought to be doing on a regular basis when we encounter things that leave us not feeling peace. Is to ask God to be our peace to yeah. open up, you know, that part of our life, and then trust Him if it doesn't feel. The way, and and that's one of the other things. Sometimes I've learned too is that sometimes that what I think I should be experiencing isn't really what real peace is. I think I've defined it a certain way, sure, and God has a different definition. So maybe He has given me His peace, and I just have <laughs> failed to agree agree with, with Him it. on what it is. <laughs> so I, I, I want I want the uh, you know I want the. <laughs> The the uh, IRS uh, amount of money they're taking away from me to be less, and less, um, yeah. or whatever it is, you know, I want sure. you know, I want my son to you know to, to to listen to what I have to say or whatever you know the case may be. Yeah, I say that because my son is sitting here right on my. I want to put him on my right hand when I say this. He's sitting on my right <laughs> hand my right, right now, <laughs> listening in on the podcast. Tried to talk him into to letting the microphone be turned on, but uh, he. He's just going to sit and be a bystander today. He even has the hat. He has a whole life hat on. He's, I know. he's looking pretty good. He, yeah, could have been good. Could have yeah. been good. Next time. Next time. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you mentioned Joe because three people immediately popped into my mind when when you started talking about that it was Job and it was Moses and David. You know, like David's writing the Psalms and you think to yourself, He's crying out to God. He's made so many mistakes. He's, of course, known as the man after God's own heart. But at the end is he's, you know, giving counsel to Solomon and he's 
at the end of his life, it just you see, I see a different David than what we saw early in his life, and you think maybe that's the piece, maybe that's the piece. But then you look at Job and go, well, I mean, David brought all this on himself. And, and Job, well, we don't really know for sure. I mean, if, no, if the, the Bible if the, says, uh, Jesus, God says he's blameless. I and mean, so with him, you're going, well, he didn't do anything to no. to bring this on himself. And at Besides least, being a good person. Well, be a good person. And then Moses, I liked him in this. And the reason I thought of it was like, he made the one mistake with the rock. And then he gets like, no, you know, you've endured these people <laughs> for 40 years and you can look over there, but you don't get to go. And I always used to think of that so much in like, man, did he get the – he really got the short end of the stick on that one. These people were horrible, wandering around in the desert. They always were complaining. You do one thing wrong and it's like, no. Nah. I mean, none of those got to go in either. But, I mean, I always felt that way. Now I look at this and go, you know, I felt like he had peace in the process. Like, yeah, God's fair. He's more than fair. And yet you look at those stories from him from the beginning and in the basket and in Pharaoh's palace and all these things. And you put yourself in those situations and go, I wonder if I would have decided or if I would have felt peace or if I would have just thought to myself, I give up. This is a lot. And sometimes you feel like saying, eh, I give up. This is a lot. But to just kind of hang in there. And I love the quote that you gave from John Owen, we cannot enjoy peace in this world unless we're ready to yield to the will of God in respect of death. Our times are in his hand at his sovereign disposal. And we must accept this or we must accept that as best. Yeah. Woo. We must accept that that's, it's all for the best. Yeah. Mm. That's a that's tough a, one. That is a tough one. But, I, but, but in all those cases, I think Right at the end of like, yeah. the, it, it works. Here's, here's what I tell people. I mean, well, let's go ahead and talk about this for a second. Somebody came up after first service and asked me what they what I felt like the opposite of peace was. What do you What do you think the opposite of peace is? Opposite of peace, I would say just off the top of my head, I'd say chaos. Chaos, yeah, I like that. sure. Yeah, they they felt like the the right word was fear. Hmm, I could I could opposite, I, yeah. definitely chaos yeah. probably comes with fear. Yeah. I would say for sure. Yeah. Okay. So I like that. I can, I can, you know, I think you can debate all, all kinds of things, and I, sure. I thought that was good. Here's where I feel a little concerned, because as Christians, we really get, I think we do a really good job of shaming each other for our feelings. <laughs> when yeah. we feel angry, you shouldn't feel angry if you mm-hmm. love Jesus. Um, if you don't feel peace, if you're, if you're afraid, well, the Bible says, fear not. You know, <laughs> it says 360, that's my favorite. Uh, have you heard that one? That The Bible says that there are 365 places in the Bible where it says, fear not. Oh. That, that was a little uh, email that was going around at one point, and it's actually not true. But anyway. <laughs> what? But it was basically, it was fear not, 365 places in the Bible, and so one for every day of the year. Um, you know, except for leap years, I guess you get one day to be afraid or something. I don't know. Anyway, but w- the point I would like to kind of point out is that that what we see all throughout the Bible, from even the giants in the Bible, is we see fear. And sometimes we really beat ourselves up. Um, yeah. Sometimes we really beat ourselves up for what we feel. And I don't think we should. I think that um, our feelings are our feelings. And the question is, have you taken your hand out of Jesus' hand, mm. or have you left it in? 
And that, to me, is the essence of faith. Faith is leaving your hand in Jesus' hand, even when you think you need to take it out to, to balance yourself in the middle of the storm. And you take a look at, like, Elijah. Like, that's who I thought of. You named off the three people you thought of. But as I was thinking about this, I actually thought about Elijah, because here is a guy that is, like, amazing, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he, his faith, his walk with God, fire comes down from heaven, consumes a sacrifice. He has this huge victory on Mount Carmel. And, you know, the next day he's running into the desert crying like, you know, like crazy, like, oh, why have you abandoned me? Because, you know, because the the queen has threatened to kill him and he's he's like, you know, beside himself and goes out into the desert. Clearly he's afraid. Sure. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's running away from the queen. I mean, this is after some massive miracle. And so I think that the Bible doesn't mistakenly put these stories in there. They put them into discourages. Should Elijah have been afraid? No. Did God understand Yes. Yeah. And and meets him and actually provides for him and then and, and coaxes him back into <laughs> decent mental health again. Yeah. And wherever you are at listening to this today, God does say fear not, but he doesn't say it like fear not. <laughs> What's wrong with you? He yeah. says it you don't have to be afraid. Yeah. That's good. And if you are, you don't have to be. But also, don't let it discourage you to the point where you feel like I don't have a walk with God because I'm I'm afraid, or yeah, I'm yeah. angry, or I'm hurt, or I don't understand, or I, whatever that you know you want to fill it in. God is bigger than our feelings, and and we need to understand that, and not chastise. And that's one of the things that really concerns me you know, sometimes in Christian circles where we where we chastise people for the hurt and pain they're feeling and for the anger that they feel. You know what? Let's go ahead and just love them where they're at. Yeah, and, yeah for and, sure. And pray for them and, and pray that, that God's able to f- help them find the peace that they're looking for rather than saying, oh, you shouldn't feel that. Well, you do. So what are we going to do? We're going to walk alongside you. And no one knows. I always think that's so odd. And I'm not saying I, I don't do it because I've done it myself before. And you say, why Why in the world do I want to minimize what they're feeling or, or somehow dictate like I could what they're feeling or tell them you shouldn't feel that way. You should feel this way yeah. because, you know, if you look at it with common sense, well, that's your common sense or your life experience that's yeah. talking. And somehow we expect that they're going to go – well, thanks a lot, Randy. I'd never thought of it that way before. You know, I feel I feel tons better what? now. Yeah. And you're the even, first person to tell me that I all I had to do was come talk to you. Yeah. That was it. You know, I can't speak for you, Randy. I can speak for myself. I can tell you why I tell you because I, I I do this. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll probably get off this podcast, go home, and tell one of my children or my wife not to feel something that they're feeling. So let's just be honest <laughs> and just out there. <laughs> And, but if I'm being honest about why I do it, I know why I do it. I do it because it makes me uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable when you're angry. It makes me uncomfortable mm. when you are – it makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know what you're going to do that may throw me off of my piece or I yeah. don't know – or you're, 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 you're not making me feel okay when you're feeling that way. And so for me, that's why I often will tell people, oh, you know, hey, don't be angry. Don't be mean. Don't be whatever it is that, you know – why? It's because it probably has more to do with my comfort than my genuine empathy for that person. For that person. And, hmm. you know, if I'm being really honest. And so I think we all ought to probably examine ourselves a little bit more um, about why we're saying that. Maybe you, maybe I'm alone. Maybe I'm the only person. But really, honestly, usually when I'm doing this because it's making me feel uncomfortable to see you 
in whatever state you're in. And so that's one of the things I have to back away and say, okay, is this about my comfort or is this about the what the other person, person. really needs and is best for them? Or even if you're just doing it because you genuinely want them to feel better and you think it's from some weird kind of caring place. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and maybe it is to some degree. Sure, but Sure, sometimes it is. It's not. It's still not going to solve it. Just, <laughs> yeah. We all know it's not going to solve the problem, but it comes very naturally. It's hard to... It's hard to not do that. Yeah. You said peace is not created. It is a gifted fruit of the Spirit, it's something that comes in connection with God. And I think to, and I, I immediately thought, okay, peace is not created. Blessed are the peacemakers. What's the difference there? Blessed are the peacemakers. A great question. Um, Every good gift the Bible tells me comes from Jesus. So if I'm a peacemaker, it's me spreading the peace of Jesus to other people. It's not me creating it. It's, it's me regifting, if you will. Ooh, regifting. To, re-gifting this is allowed? Extent. It is allowed. Ooh, and, it's encouraged, even encouraged. Encouraged, <laughs> if you might go there. Okay. And so that's what I guess I would say. I don't. But what I what I think I'm really—the point I know I was trying to make with that is that there's a lot of us that go about searching for and trying to create peace outside of Jesus— Oh, yeah, for we, sure. We go ahead and try to create—we curate our friend group so that there aren't people in that group of people that make us uncomfortable. We, you know, we curate our our surroundings so that we don't put ourselves in a, in a position where we might not feel peace. So we try to create this peaceful atmosphere around ourselves and rather than allowing Jesus to be our peace. That's amazing. And the reason I asked was— for whatever reason, when you mentioned it in that part of the message, I was just thinking to myself, man, if I had heard this message 25 years ago, that'd be the question. I'm like, okay, I don't think it's cre- – I think we can create peace. <laughs> I can do whatever I want to do. Or am I – you know, I would have definitely looked for a reason why that couldn't be true mm-hmm. because there was no peace in my life. And all I'd seen from – like I said earlier, I would you look to see other people that you know are Christian and – they didn't seem to have peaceful yeah. existences either. And it would just I, – because I think it's so important that we understand that it's not created by us because if we do, we're, we're definitely – we're not going to succeed, one. Yeah. Two, we're probably going to do more harm than good That's my guess. Yeah. When you try to create peace in your life, you wind up uh, taking people out of your life that you actually need to help you be a better person. Mm, Um, You will wind up, even the people that you originally um, are friends with or marry or whatever, you're going to have to get rid of them eventually because at some point they are going (laughs) to bring some chaos into your life. It's inevitable. It's human relationships. Absolutely. And so you cannot curate your peace. You can't create it on your own. You have to rely on Jesus to give it to you. I love it. I love it. Because towards the end of your message, you used John sixteen thirty three, that said, "In the world you have tribulation; in me you have peace." Mm-hmm. Like in me, in me, yep. And then you d- you went on just after that to say, "Peace is not the absence of hurt, pain, and suffering, but rather whose hand you are holding as you encounter it." And I just think those those two phrases were were really just or you know the not phrases. One's a Bible text. One's the Ken Wetmore condensed version. But really when you put those two ideas together and then you you realize everything is in his hand, he's gifted us with it, and we just have to find those pieces and just allow him to keep working. That's what's going to make it better, not 
us trying to beat our head against the wall while why things aren't working out and things we can't explain. And so much of my life early on was in that state that was so frustrating. And then when you would find someone who just was like, why are you happy? And it's like, man, Jesus is awesome. And you're like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> like, that's a, that's a catchphrase. That's not yeah. real. But then as you start to – as your relationship grows and you see more and more of it, then you want to explain it. But then you go – I'm not really sure I can explain it, but this really kind of brings it down to just the basics. Like it's not us. It's it's there. It's it's his words, not ours. You know, taste and see kind of thing. Yeah. And I really like that, 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 that it just kind of – it just brought it all back to Jesus. And I think uh, anyone that's really searching, that should be a comfort. Not uh, anything else. If it's not anything else, we're 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 not so we're not saying it right. We're missing something, because in in reality, it really was Shelby Houston. The clip that you played. Yeah. You don't have to watch it. You can listen to it on Speaking of Grace. Swipe up in today's show notes, and that piece of the audio will be in that episode. And to listen to what someone who really understands and has put into practice what peace is after her father was shot in the line of duty as a police officer in Mesquite, Texas. It was, yeah. And then to just say, I want to meet the man that shot my dad someday, not to ridicule or yell or do any of these things, but to make sure he knows about Jesus. And if your eyes are dry after you listen or watch that, wow, that that was— It was probably one of the most powerful— things I've watched in a while. I wasn't expecting it. You, no, you, you don't you don't see that one coming, do you? And even when you think yeah. I know Ken is setting me up. I, I you know, I this is a sermon illustration. I know I'm supposed to learn something here. He's setting me up, but it can't be that good. And it is. Yeah. And she's totally serious. And so you can go to wholelife.church and you can watch it as well. It, it very, very powerful. I had to watch that clip probably, I don't know, I don't know how many times I watched it a lot because I the first couple times I watched it, I bawled, <laughs> cried. <laughs> it's so true. Much. And I was like, okay, I can't really do that in the sermon. I can't, like, I would need about a 10-minute <laughs> break here. <laughs> Talk but, amongst yourselves. And that was like even like like the third, fourth time, fifth time I was watching, I was like, oh. Anyway, I, I still got teary. That's crazy. Every time I see it. But don't miss it. Swipe up or just go to the church website and you can watch it from last week. But don't miss it because, wow, that's really when you say, what does it look like? And that is just a shining example of what it looks like. And this is, was she 16, 18? I don't remember. 18. 18. Yeah. From an 18-year-old. Wow. Yeah. Oof. Okay. Well, this week we did not have any questions come across, so we we are off the hook for answering questions on Christmas. There we go. (laughs) Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to me. (laughs) (laughs) But we did, however, have whole life reflections. And the one that I wanted to focus on that just said, if peace is a fruit of the Spirit, how often are you asking God for that gift? And I'll be honest, I don't know if I've ever asked for it before, because it wasn't really a realization in the same way that it is now that like, hey, if you maybe this is one of the things I should be praying for. If I can only get it here, then maybe I should be asking my friend for it. And so I just was hoping that someone like anyone else other than me, like didn't realize this was like something I should be asking for. What might you be doing differently in the weeks ahead now that you do realize? And if you did, I'm just curious how often are you asking for? Because some of us who haven't been, maybe we, you know, maybe you have a routine, maybe you have a thing that you do with God in your worship, your devotional, family devotional, 
your prayer time, whatever it is, would love to hear it. 407-965-1607. You can remain anonymous. That is by text or voicemail or podcast at wholelife.church. I'm shuffling my papers because I just got off of I-95 about an hour ago. <laughs> you are a dedicated man, sir. <laughs> and so uh, today was just like print everything out. I knew what I needed to ask. Write them down a la, you know, good old radio style. This coming week, Simply Christmas. We got to the end. It's just Simply yeah, Christmas. Yeah, I corrected a- you last week. No, it's not Simply Christmas. Cr- I went home. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to <laughs> put a mea there. Sorry about that, Randy. You are correct, and I was incorrect. Well, you This know, week is Simply Christmas. I just depend on the emails. I'm All just going to trust you. you from here on out. I'm just going to, yeah, whatever you say I'm preaching about is what I'm preaching about. That's probably about. right, yeah. So Christmas Day worship, what do we want to make sure? Oh, outside at noon yeah, on the mall. Thanks so much for making sure we got this. Firstly, let's go ahead and start off with Christmas Eve, Friday evening. That's true. Christmas Eve, we have our special Christmas candlelight service not to be missed. This will be my first, but I've been told. No, no, don't miss. It is, it's very special. Favorite one um, of the year. Yeah, and so that's, uh, if you want to do the foot washing portion of things, it I starts do. at 5. 5 p.m. Um, and then the uh, the service itself will start at 5.30 so it's a 5:30 uh, candlelight communion Christmas Eve service, and it's going to be it's going to be pretty fantastic. Um, I've we went through all the prep this morning with our team, and it's uh, I'm just I can't wait. It's going to be great. So that's uh, again five o'clock for foot washing, 5:30 when the service uh, begins, and then on Sabbath we are only doing one service. There's no Sabbath school. The only service that we're doing is at noon, and it is out on the sidewalks that run by the church. The promenade. That, uh, we call it the promenade the or mall. the mall or whatever you want to call it. And like, I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. Well, that's, I, I, that's why it's when the first time they put that down, it's like, I know I'm going to get a couple people, well, in, and my daughter was the first one. So where is that? What, what is this whole life church mall that I hear of? So I'd and, have been shopping a long time yeah, ago had I, I known. Been, had I only known. <laughs> So yeah, so uh, you'll you'll see it. We'll be there. We'll be set up. We've got a, a really uh, just a a beautiful service planned. It is, um, uh, is I would call it almost unplugged, almost unplugged hmm. because it's going to be outdoors. Very simple instrumentation, but we're going to uh, we're going to sing Christmas carols. We're going to hmm. let our neighborhood hear Here. that Christmas right. is happening. I've got a, uh, a a scaled down message that I'll give, so it'll probably about maybe about ten or fifteen minute uh, sermon, kind of like sermon this week. Yeah, okay, maybe even a little shorter than this week. So I heard outdoor baptism, and there will be an outdoor baptism. What? Yes, who's getting so baptized? Exciting. Are we allowed to well, say, or is that a surprise? I will go ahead and, and just in, you know, sometimes things change last minute, so, so I won't. Just I, will, I'll just, I won't say it out okay. loud, gotcha. just so that. Because if I do, it'll change, and if I don't, it'll <laughs> stay the same. So, and I want to yeah. see that baptism. I'm and really excited. Stay the same. Just a kind of a cool thing, right? A, that I is. mean, to be baptized on Christmas Day, what a what a gift to give back to Jesus, right? That is a gift. And you know, for candlelight communion, I heard there's a, a really beautiful young lady going to be doing a little uh, interpretive dance. I heard. Yeah. Is that so? I think she's there right now practicing. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Well, we'll look. So, I heard that too. Proud dad moment. Yeah. Uh, so it's been a couple of years since we've uh, since she's done one, and so I'm excited for that as well. And I think that was everything. That was just like don't miss, don't miss Christmas, don't miss candlelight Christmas Eve. And I'd even, you know, might be heresy for some, but don't miss, don't miss foot washing. Absolutely. Hook it's, some. It's special. Look it, for someone and just. You know, step out on a limb this yeah. year for Christmas and go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the foot washing. Yeah, 
And even if, I'll tell you what, if you get there early, I'm going to be there early. I know I'm going to be there early. Um, Randy will wash everybody's feet this time around. That's if, what's going to happen. If I'm in there and you're looking for a partner, yeah. you know, I will, I'll wash multiple people's feet yeah. this year. And I'll, cause I, and I'll, I used to, didn't, I didn't like it either. It was not yeah. something that I was comfortable with. And now it's really an honor. To find someone special, that's, isn't it? When you find that, yeah, it is. It is. It is. It's, it's good. So, so it's a it's a neat way to kind of remind ourselves that foot washing is this um, the reminder of of humbling yourself, and it's certainly what Jesus did by becoming a, a baby. And so it's a great way to kind of ring in Christmas is uh, humble ourselves so. yep. and um, and then just uh, to spend that time together. I there is some. Oh, I just looked at the things I had underlined. Also, bring a chair or oh, a blanket yeah, to sit on. Not for the candlelight one. No, you, you don't for, need that. Yeah. But for <laughs> no, that's events, switching gears over to uh, <laughs> to you. the church service on on Sabbath at noon. At noon, right? At noon, yeah. Bring chairs. Bring a blanket. That's it's going to be outdoors, and so. Thanks, Ken, for keeping yeah. me on track because my wife is always like, "Wait a minute." Squirrel. Did we change trains? Because I feel like we're headed in a completely <laughs> different... Yeah, sorry. That was... Yeah, definitely noon on Sabbath. Yep. Don't forget chair or blanket, something to sit on. And Friday night, it's just all in the yeah. worship uh, worship center as normal. Yeah. Except now, do we have washing. a podcast next week? It's the week between Christmas and uh, New Year's. So are we going to do a podcast? We don't miss. We don't miss. But, you know, if I'm, I'm willing to give you and Jeff the time off and I'm willing to put something together on my own or... Absolutely not, Randy. All right. So... Then, I mean, Jeff can well, take the time off if he wants, but we'll— uh, I think I'm going to be here. I should check with my wife first. Yeah, you, you know what? You know what? Even if I don't, we'll do it remotely. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out one way or the other. There'll be something. We haven't missed an episode in the entire time we've done the podcast. What number will that one be? Oh, shoot. We're getting close to 300. Yeah. I we're, thought we're, it was today 290. 90? I think today's 290. I think today's yeah. so 291. It'll be 291. We're, we're closing in. We're closing in on a full year. Like you could listen to a podcast every day for a year. That's pretty crazy. That's getting there. Yeah. <laughs> getting pretty close. Getting pretty that. close. You know, so um, I think that's it. I don't think there was anything else. I'm flipping through my notes. Merry Christmas, Randy. Merry Christmas, Ken. And Merry Christmas to us all. (laughs) (laughs) See, you should have turned your microphone on. You should have turned it on and you could have said Merry Christmas to everyone. That's okay. He said he gets to be Tiny Tim. He gets to be Tiny Tim over on the side. (laughs) Maybe next time. (laughs) I hope you have a magnificent Christmas. I hope that you are blessed beyond your wildest dreams in any of the things that God can choose to bless us in. And so I hope you're praying for peace. And know now that that is what you can pray for if you haven't found it yet. And that all of the blessings for Christmas and as we come into the new year, that that all comes to fruition for you. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic Christmas and we'll see you next week.